0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
1: This is the Saturday session minus Grant Elliott, who I think is on a plane returning to Hotearoa, Um His status for next Saturday, TBC. You never know, we could we could have Mitch McLennan uh, co-hosting with me next uh, Saturday. Um. Ben, for all we know. Right now, though, we're going to catch up with Big Mitch to talk some cricket. He joins us. Mitch McLennigan, how are you, brother?
0: Yeah, bloody great, mate. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm co-hostless, so you know what I'm like. I, I get a bit down. I take well, it personally okay. when people I don't turn up to work. Yeah,
0: you need the company. <laughs> I know that. But you're going well. You're going well. Oh, Zade, <laughs> Zade sounded like he was in the running to be your
1: co-host. Who was?
0: Zade. I heard him before. Oh, I yes. he did a really good job.
1: Oh, no, Zayd always speaks very well. Um, uh, but b- Big component on Staffy's show, I think Zayd is. Uh, granted, I-, I-, I don't get to listen to as much radio during the week chasing a three- and a one-year-old and losing that race uh, every single day, it does seem. But uh, what about you, mate? How's-, how's home life and your 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 crew?
0: Uh home life's good, mate. Home life's good. Um, Look, I, I wish I was in the position of Trent Bolden and being able to to go away and make some money for the sake of the family, but I'm stuck at home. <laughs> so uh, so yeah,
1: I'm in the same vote as you. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you raised that. Um, You've you got a really interesting perspective on this. Um, uh, you know, y- y- your own sort of path in, in cricket is part of it. You, you know the guy, you know what he's done to New Zealand cricket. My, my take is I'm not shocked anymore with decisions like this, especially for someone who's done it for what, 12 years. He's 33 years of age now, isn't he? Uh, we are sort of getting yep. to the end of uh, of his career, a- and I think players are more self aware than anyone on that. So, what was your initial reaction when, when you caught caught up with what, this idea?
0: Well, initial reaction was he's got three young boys, mate. <laughs> you, you're chasing around two, and uh, he's been on tour his whole life. and And it's not like it's not like rugby, I guess. So if you're playing rugby week in week out, you, you're always going home. Like you know, you're away for like a max one week or two weeks. Or if you're on an end of year tour, you're away for a month, right? It's um it's not like that with cricket. You're consistently away from home long periods of time. I think back to one year I think Brendan McCullum was that World Cup year two thousand fifteen, spent eight nights at home in his own bed. So that's what the life of an international cricketer is and, and that's um that's obviously gotta weigh you down and, and I think I think he's made a decision that's yeah, for his family first and foremost. Um the interesting part about it for me, mate, is is how does New Zealand cricket deal with this? Um, I've mentioned previously that myself and Munro and and Devisich all got blacklisted as soon as we did it. Adam Milne got a little bit of leeway. Um, But now you've got a situation where you've got probably New Zealand's most crucial cricketer, uh, outside of obviously Kane Williamson, uh, most crucial cricketer to our success going forward. and He's made this decision and, And do the rules change? And and if so, they've got to change for someone like a Jimmy Neesham as well. Uh, So they need to be treated the same. So, look, my perspective on it, mate, is that um, I've always thought the T20 comps around the world give guys on the fringe a really good opportunity to go and get four or five times the amount of cricket that they would uh, just playing domestic cricket in New Zealand and and with really, really high-quality coaches and players around them. Uh, I've always thought it's a good thing. Um, And I think we're seeing that uh, in this this T20 series against West Indies. You've got guys like Glenn Phillips and and Nisham and the likes who have all gone and played CPL, Guftles played CPL, going into conditions that are not like New Zealand. Uh, They're going over playing like they've been there for five years because half of them have.
1: But these two two ring, they still tour, are by going to these international competitions. And it seems they're getting longer and longer, Mitch. Ten weeks for the IPL now, isn't it? Uh, The new UAE competition, which uh, Trent Bolt has signed for, runs from January to February, right in the heart of our season. So um, is the dam starting to break here? That there is going to be more people going to New Zealand cricket? Maybe not at the status that Trent Bolt has playing across three formats going, um, I, I want out.
0: Right, there's a big difference between the comps and, and New Zealand cricket in terms of how the players get looked after. Yes, um, New Zealand cricket accommodate guys when they're at home, but there was a, there was a deal where you could take your family away, uh, like when I was playing, and I know that got taken away in the previous contract rounds where they pay some flights for your family to go. So for Trent to take his family away with New Zealand's all at his own expense. Uh, from, from my understanding, these comps, like the things that, like the Mumbai Indians who, have, who are doing the UAE thing with, with Balti, they'll fly his family there. Like, there's, there's no, that's straight out of their pocket. They'll pay for an extra room. They'll pay for them to go business class, make sure they're all set up, have family people there to help with the family. Um, it's a, just a different, in those leagues, um, they really, really go the extra mile to make sure people like Trent Bolt who do have family, family involved, are really, really well looked after and and that definitely feels like, for me, that's one of the things that they probably missed the boat with and that would be one of the frustrations with New Zealand cricket with Trent not being able to take his family as much as he would like um, unless it was out of his own pocket. I know he's got deep pockets, but he's got really short arms, Trent Bill.
1: <laughs> well, the, I, I can just imagine some listeners going, Mitch, you, you're just painting this image of, of you just want to be pampered. You just want to be pampered. You, you want all these organisations to bend over backwards for you players. Um, but here's the thing: once you fly business class, it's hard to go back to cattle, isn't it? And, and once these, you know, once you've had a taste of that, it's hard to forget it, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, no, it's, I guess no, I guess probably that's. If you take that out of, of what I said. I guess it's. um, Yeah, it's not not really the point. The point is that like um, they definitely go the extra mile to make sure your family's okay because. Because I yeah. know if you're happy at home, like everything's, you know, you're not having the stress, and and that's what I found with most of those teams, and it was probably a big part of his decisions actually sign with the UAE with their Mumbai site, because he's, he's been with Mumbai before, um, he knows what they do and knows what they'll do to help out his family. So, uh, you know, that's 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 probably more more of that, and he knows that he'll be able to take them or or spend more time at home outside of that. Yeah, I think it's. Um, it's just one of those little things that you, you can find money for, for a lot of employees at New Zealand Cricket, but sometimes you can't find money to look after the people who matter the most in, yeah. in terms of promoting cricket in the country.
1: But they are sort of changing their perspective, their worldview in New Zealand Cricket. As you talked about, you butted heads um, and others too, because that's the path you wanted to take. It was best for you. I, I think that was, um, you know, that, that's crystal clear to anyone who's actually uh, you know, watched the game. Do you feel, what, they've reluctantly come around to this, or it's just taken some time for, for the penny to drop, and um, is this going to become more prevalent? Is Tim Southey going to ask? You know what I mean. Yeah, uh,
0: look, it's, I, I guess Sally would be the next person who will probably be eyeing it up. Um, look, mate, I, it's a really difficult one because I feel like you... You've got to be on side with guys being able to go and do this and then still play for their country. Otherwise, you end up in a situation that the West Indies are in at the moment. Uh, I don't know, yeah. I've seen the stuff with Phil Simmons and Andre Russell over the last little while. That's not a new thing. It was with Kyron Pollard and the Bravos previously. It's just a constant with Darren Sammy, with Chris Gale, just a constant battle between the board, not letting guys play for international but not earn money as well. And, and putting these, restrictions on players if you want to play for your country um, when you can't remunerate them to the same level and, and all it does is just builds uh, resentment animosity within a playing group it's us versus them and you get the young guys coming through and, and doing all the right stuff but uh, it's, 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 a, it's a really fascinating track and I, and I think they should probably look at the West Indies as a model and actually maybe just try and figure out how they can do it better because right now, uh, they're, they're absolute shambles. Uh, and I, I've been in the West Indies changing rooms in the past with CPL, and, mate, there's going to be a hell of a lot of infighting going on at the moment, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, well, you take uh, this morning's result, but they looked a mile off, didn't they? Um, it, most of the credit needs to go to New Zealand. That was near on perfection, isn't it, when you scored 215 and you had the opposition 28 for 5, Mitch? That's a pretty good day out. Yeah,
0: it is. Um, Kane said the to toss... Um, that they really wanted to get it was a used wicket. Obviously, the w- game they used on the first day, and, and uh, the wickets really deteriorated very quickly um, in the West Indies. Um, and to, to bat first on that wicket uh, was ideal. Um, uh, spin plays a massive part, and Mitchell Satin is absolutely class, mate. Um, but, yeah, you say you say that West Indies side. Glenn Phillips, I mean, he's been one of the best players, along with Colin Munro and, and the CPL for the last three or four years. Mm. So... To have, have someone like that who's played that much cricket in those conditions and at Jamaica, uh, that's his home ground in the city. So you can see why he dominated today. But oh, I looked at that, um, that West Indies bowling lineup, mate. And, and Kyle, Kyle Mayers, who, who opened the batting, opened the bowling, he's a, a genuine batting all-rounder. He, he's a real part-timer. Romario Shepard, he's a batting all-rounder, like a hitter who can bowl the odd overs. The only real bowler out of our bowlers is Obed McCoy. Uh, Jason Holder's an all rounder, and Odin Smith's a batting all rounder. So they're going in with a pretty piss poor attack, to be fair, mate, at yep. that level. So they're missing a lot of genuine bowlers. And you can't go with bit part players uh, into a T20 cob against uh, arguably, I would say, our best lineup uh, uh, that I've seen New Zealand cricket put out in uh, a T20 game for, for, for some time. So this is probably the lineup that I would have. Uh, the makeup of this side, uh, obviously barring missing Lockie Ferguson, this is what I would have loved to have seen throughout the World Cup.
1: Well, thank you for getting to my next question. So you read my mind. You know, all those times we co-hosted together, it makes perfect sense. That looked incredibly strong, line-up, on my notes, it, it reads. That, that is the squad, isn't it? That's the squad you'd like to see. So Trent goes to a T20 World Cup, doesn't he, despite him? Uh, asking for a release. He's too good a player right now, and you, you want to do everything to win this tournament right now, don't you? That, that's fast approaching.
0: Well, I think every pinnacle event you want to do the most to win, um, and you've got to, you've got to take all the crap out of it. Um, you know, they've they've shown that they're, you know, even by not contracting Jimmy Neesham and him not taking a domestic contract, they've played him. But they've got to be fair. They can't just pick and choose when they use these guys. Uh, I guess it's got to be both ways, right? Um, a, a lot of these T20 tournaments around the world Are very flexible If a guy's got international cricket to go back and play They'll release him uh, So that's also got to be taken into account as well I thought the side looked great mate um, I, I, I'm, Look I'm, I'm biased uh, But I, <laughs> I look at it he yeah, got an injury, an injury in the, in the middle order I, I really I really feel going to Australia I really feel like they need to start integrating Colin Monroe back into that setup. Um, he's too good He's too good a player. He's been too good in the big bash for for multiple years. I feel like even if he's not starting, I feel like he's your he's your A1 back up in that middle order, um, which gives you a little bit more leeway if if you want to drop down or down down a slot and have a deeper order if Jimmy Nesham's bowling really kicks in. So yeah, you know, that's that's the one thing I would like them to see uh, in a squad before this before the uh, T20 World Cup. Uh, I think. He, he's been on the blacklist I really feel with this bolt stuff I think you've got to take him off
1: yeah if you just look solely at his numbers it's a pretty compelling case isn't it Mitch hey uh, is there any chapters dedicated to uh, Mitch McLennigan in black and white the uh, autobiography from Ross Taylor out this week <laughs>
0: uh, there was one I got asked to be in there but I just couldn't be bothered dealing with this. Shit. <laughs> I just couldn't be bothered. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It is. Every workplace has its stuff, doesn't it? (laughs) It
1: it does. It does. When's your book coming out? And it'll probably be a picture book, wouldn't
0: it? Uh, I do like picture books. Um, I'm thinking uh, I'd love to write a book of um, all those blokes who uh, had potential but failed. Uh, I'd love to to write a book like that rather than being about about myself. Um, You know, all those guys are here coming up. uh, What happened and where were they? Uh, I'd love something like that. That'd be a good read.
1: Well, Grant Elliott will write the forward to that, for sure. Um, He'll he'll definitely write the forward (laughs) to that one. Uh, You're a good man, Mitch. I always love chatting to you, mate. Go have a great weekend. Thanks so much.
0: Yeah, you too, mate.
1: You too. Mitch McClinigan joining us on the program. As always, very strong with his ideas. Um, yeah, really interesting. You know, playing fields are shifting all the time, now, aren't they? Um, can't be. It can't be easy keeping everyone happy um, in cricket for sure. You know, selfishly, as I said earlier in the program, I'd love uh, Trent Bolt to play for as much for New Zealand as possible.